Welcome to Faith Westwood's online service. I'm Holly Timberlake, the Director of Adult and Family Discipleship. We are so glad that you are joining us for worship. If you are on Facebook, please interact in the comment sections, encourage one another, welcome one another, and um, just let us know that you're here. Today during worship, we will have music, a children's time by Mrs. Leah, and Pastor Steve has a message beyond mask and physical distancing, and then we will have a prayer time. If you are feeling disconnected right now, we would love to connect with you. We have faith groups that are meeting outside in person, and we have groups that are meeting on Zoom. If you are interested in joining a faith group, please contact Holly Timberlake at holly, H-O-L-L-Y, period Timberlake, at faithwestwood.com. Please get yourself prepared and be in a spirit of worship.
Good morning, boys and girls. Miss Leah here. Have you ever heard of a game called Tug of War? It's a really old game that was even in the Olympics in the past. It's a game where you have two teams on the opposite sides of a strong rope, and there's a line in the middle. The goal is to pull the other team over the middle line to your side. That's how you win. I think it probably looks like a tug of war game when we argue or disagree with someone else because of their beliefs or opinions. When we don't agree with someone because of what they believe or their opinion, we say some things, not always very nice things, and we do some things to get them to believe that we are right and they are wrong and to pull them over to our side. We all have different opinions, beliefs, and ways of doing things. Even something as simple as drawing a star. Look at this star. I draw a star by drawing lines from four to one, to three, to five, to two, and back to four. And I know that's not the way everybody draws a star. Or we can have different opinions about something big, like masks. I'm sure you've heard some adults talking about masks. There are lots of different opinions out there and beliefs, and I've even heard people debate and argue about it and judge other people over their opinions or beliefs about masks. But no matter how big or small the disagreement, do you think God's okay with us judging one another? Absolutely not. God doesn't want us to judge one another on what is right or wrong. That's his job. Our job is to be okay with other people having different opinions or beliefs and still be kind and loving to them because we are all on the same team, God's team. And God asks us, because we are his children, to love one another, period, end of sentence, not judge one another. So we can all be on the same team, God's team, but have totally different opinions and that's okay. So the next time you feel that little tug of war going on in your heart with someone that you disagree with, listen to them, hear their side, hear what they, what they believe and how they think, and try to find something that you can agree on or just agree to disagree. Tell them thanks for sharing it and be sure to remind them that you love them and care for them no matter what you agree or disagree on. So until next time, may the Lord bless you and always smile upon you. And all God's kids said, Amen. I love you and I miss you all very, very much. Bye. Today's scripture is from Romans, the 14th chapter, beginning with the first verse. Accept the one whose faith is weak without quarreling over disputable matters. One person's faith allows them to eat anything but another whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. The one who eats everything must not treat with contempt the one who does not. And the one that does not eat everything must not judge the one who does, for God has accepted them. Who are you to judge someone else's servant? To their own master, servants stand or fall, and they will stand, for the Lord is able to make them stand. Therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind 
not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in the way of a brother or sister. I am convinced, being fully persuaded in the Lord Jesus, that nothing is unclean in itself. But if anyone regards something as unclean, for then that person is unclean. If your brother or sister is distressed because of what you eat, you are no longer acting in love. Do not by your eating destroy someone for whom Christ died. Therefore, do not let what you know is good be spoken as evil. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Because anyone who serves in Christ in this way is pleasing God and receives human approval. Let us, therefore, make every effort to do what leads to peace and mutual edification. Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. All food is clean, but it is wrong for a person to eat anything that causes someone else to stumble. It is better not to eat meat or drink wine or to do anything else that will cause your brother or sister to fall. So whatever you believe about these things, keep between yourself and God. Blessed is the one who does not condemn himself by what he approves. But whoever has doubts is condemned if they eat because their eating is not from faith. And everything that does not come from faith is sin. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Good morning, church. Our scripture reading begins by advising us to not quarrel over disputable matters. Today we're going to look at some disputable matters, specifically um, those related to the pandemic. A few days ago I got swabbed, you know, no results yet, but did I need to get tested? I don't know. Maybe I got an exposure, maybe not. Sometimes my throat feels a tiny bit sore and of course, the more I think about it, the sore it gets. Or, or maybe I made it all up. Who knows? What we do know is that at least six people from Faith Westwood have now tested positive. In Nebraska, one out of every hundred people has been diagnosed with COVID-19. And of course, we don't know how many more have had it and didn't get tested. The number of tests in Douglas County has been fairly stable since the beginning of June, averaging uh, a little over 7,000 a week. The good news is that the percentage of positive cases gradually went down in June. The bad news is that it's bumped back up in early July. Harvard Global Health Institute has mapped out the entire nation, giving each country a color label based on their reported COVID cases uh, over the previous seven days. Uh, and you maybe you don't remember how I love maps, so here's Nebraska. As you can see, we have a lot of counties in green, which represents the fewest cases per capita in the last week. Then it goes to yellow, then orange, and then finally red, which represents the most cases per capita in the last week. In the western two-thirds of Nebraska, we see one red and five orange counties, and that's because the population in those counties is so low that if you get a handful of cases in one week, it bumps them up to a higher level. Hopefully, they'll, they'll go back down soon. In the upper right corner of northeast Nebraska, you see a cluster of three counties, two oranges and a red, 
That's where Dakota City is and the Tyson plant that was hit so hard. And then we have Douglas County, the, the orange one in the middle of the eastern border. The most populous county in the state has been simmering at that orange level for a while. Okay, we can get rid of the map. My biggest concern for me, I, I'm not that worried about getting the virus. My biggest concern is about giving it to you, especially if you have diabetes or heart condition or breathing issues, or maybe you just have the random genetics that make the virus more dangerous for you. I don't want to be the one responsible for giving you COVID-19. As of Friday, the Harvard, Harvard Global Map puts Douglas County at averaging 77 cases per day for the last seven days. That could set the stage for a surge, or it could drop down. Personally, I'd love to see Douglas County, our daily rate drop from 77 to 25 before school starts. That would put us in the middle of the yellow category. Now, I'm guessing that the schools will be open even if it doesn't go down, but I'd, I'd sure love to see it get into that lower range. And, and just because uh, Douglas County is orange doesn't mean that we should all stay home. I mean, I don't. Uh, Trish and I, we, we go and do things. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we did a new thing. We, we rented a kayak. We rented kayaks one evening and uh, paddled around standing Bear Lake. Uh, uh, we, we've been to a number of businesses. Of course, we always wear a mask, uh, keep our distance. And let me tell you, uh, Trish and I, we have certainly done our part to support the local restaurants uh, with drive-through, carry-out, outdoor dining, but you know, there are still some things I'm not willing to do. I'm not willing to eat indoors at a restaurant. I'm not willing to get on a plane. I'm not willing to go to a movie theater. I don't know, are they even open yet? And, and of course, we're all in different places on this stuff. Some of you, I know, aren't coming out of hibernation until you've been vaccinated. Some of you think masks are silly or dangerous. Some of you are ready to go to church and to the church building and worship, and some of us aren't. And, and, and this is why uh, the Apostle Paul, this is one of the things he called a disputable matter. Let's look at Romans 14. What was the disputable matter back then? One, verse 2. One person's faith allows them to eat anything, but another, whose faith is weak, eats only vegetables. Now what's going on? The Gentile Christians have no qualms about eating meat of any kind. But the Jewish Christians avoid meat because what's available at the local meat market is not kosher. And they're still living by Jewish kosher laws. Paul grew up Jewish, but he's come to the conclusion that the dietary restrictions of Judaism no longer apply for Jesus' people. Faith in Christ is what makes us clean not avoiding certain foods. But he also knows that not all Jewish Christians are ready to go that far. Eating non-kosher meat still seems wrong to them. Paul says that maybe you could, their, their faith in one sense is weak, which means they aren't yet ready to see that faith in Christ alone is what gives them God's acceptance. Jesus is all they need. So, what we have in Rome is a divided church. 
each side looking suspiciously at the other or looking down on the other. Verse 3, the one who eats everything must not treat with contempt the one who does not. And the one who does not eat everything must not judge the one who does, for God has accepted them. Now, there are some issues Paul says are essential to our faith. We find those throughout his letters, but what we eat is not one of them. The essential thing is that we put our love for each other into action. And sometimes that means giving up on what we want. So, he tells the Gentile sisters and brothers to be willing to give up eating meat when the church gets together. Gentiles, you know how sensitive your Jewish friends are about this, so let it go. Eat meat when you're at home, just not when you get together. Don't let the menu divide you. Verse 15. If your brother or sister is distressed because of what you eat, you are no longer acting in love. Make allowances for the scruples of your sisters and brothers, even when you believe they're wrong. Don't make it a big deal. Why? Verse 17. For the kingdom of God, that is, life in Jesus, is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's what we should be about. Because if you flaunt your, your right to eat non-kosher meat at a church dinner, and it makes your sister or brother turn away from Jesus, then ask yourself, was it really worth it? Verse 21 it is better not to eat meat or drink wine or to do anything. Anything else that will cause your brother or sister to fall. And so I want to share with you now my summary of Romans 14. Loving one another means not letting disputable matters damage someone's faith or divide the church. It's not worth it. Let me say it again. Loving one another means not letting disputable Beautiful matters damage someone's faith or divide the church. And how we each deal with the coronavirus is a disputable matter. We disagree about mass distancing, the impact of the pandemic on the economy, on the election. But if we get caught up in all that disputable stuff, we'll only hurt each other and divide our congregation. And it's not worth it. Now, I'm looking forward to the day when we reopen our building and have Sunday worship. When that day comes, we're going to take all the necessary precautions to keep each other safe. And I, and I hope we can have a crowd there, more than 10%. I hope we're going to have maybe 30 to 50% of us. So don't be surprised if you get us another survey later this month kind of asking you what you think. Um, Another thing that we're waiting on before we have worship in the building is to get our live stream going, uh, live streaming. It's, uh, the equipment's supposed to be installed the first week in August, and then, of course, we'll have to learn how to use it. We're not sure how long that will take. Um, and even when we resume worship in the church building, I won't be surprised if most of you still worship at home, at least for a while. And when we hold worship in the church building, we're still going to disagree, aren't we, on disputable matters? I can tell you that 
at least uh, for the time being, uh, masks will be required. For some of you, that's the only way you're going to come. And for some of you, it's just the opposite. You think masks are unhealthy. And I cannot reconcile those two opinions. Here's what I can say. When that day comes, when we reopen the building for worship, even if you never wear a mask any other time during the week, I'm going to ask that you wear one at church. I'm, I'm not trying to change what you believe about masks. I'm just asking you to make this sacrifice for one hour for the sake of your sisters and brothers. Wearing a mask, it's a disputable matter. It's okay if we disagree. But loving one another means not letting disputable matters damage someone's faith or divide the church. And of course, when we come back, um, you can expect to find that there are other precautions in place. Pews will be marked out for distancing. Uh, we won't be serving coffee or donuts. Ah. No programs will be handed out. You might even have to pre-register so we can plan for the size of the crowd. Now, you might not like those precautions, but I'm going to ask you to put up with them. It's not worth dividing the church over disputable matters. By the way, when we come back, I'm okay if you, if you sit with your bubble. Now, what's a bubble? Your bubble is the people who are like family to you, and you associate with them like immediate family. The people in your bubble agree that you only get together with that group. Because it's not a bubble if people float in and out of it, right? So if you want to sit with your bubble, the best way will be to meet with them in the parking lot and walk in together, and you can sit with them. So especially if you come to church alone, feel free to walk in and sit with your bubble people. A few days ago, Al Hansen, our business manager, marked off the pews to get us six feet or more of spacing per group. He tells me that we can fit in 200 on the main floor. Now, I can't say when that day will be, but it's coming. And speaking of disputable matters, since I've already gotten in this far, I might as well go in deeper. It's an election year. And just so you know, I do not have a political agenda. My aim is to keep this church free from politics. And personally, I have very little interest in politics. But not everybody's the same as me. Uh, from what I can see on social media, many people have strong political convictions. Have you ever seen a post where someone insinuates that uh, those who disagree with them are idiots? And when, that when, and when that post comes from someone in our church, does it serve to unite us? or divide us. And we might have to ask ourselves, are those snarky posts really worth it? And you might say, well, it's so much fun to shoot a zinger at the other side. Okay, but at what price? The other day I put this up on Facebook. I pledge to not insult or demean any candidate, politician, or party. Could you see yourself taking that pledge? What would change if you did? I know it's hard to hear, but in the kingdom of God, it's okay to disagree on politics. 
We just have to do it in a healthy, respectful way. Loving one another means not letting disputable matters damage someone's faith or divide the church. Every Wednesday morning in Washington, D.C., when the Senate is in session, a group of about 25 senators meet for breakfast. Uh, no staffers, no journalists, just senators and the chaplain. Democrats and Republicans eat breakfast together. They drop politics at the door. They confidentially share about their personal lives, their struggles, their joys, their concerns. They have a Bible study. And each week it alternates between a Republican and a Democrat leading it. Leading it. Uh, the chaplain leads them in singing. And they pray together. And they become friends, not enemies. A senator from Delaware who attends each Wednesday says, If you hold hands in prayer with someone in the morning, it's hard for that someone to throw a punch at you in the afternoon. And that's kind of how I see us. We are Republicans and Democrats, Libertarians and Independents. We all come together trying our best to follow Jesus. We worship together, we pray together, we learn together, we serve together, and we're willing to sacrifice for each other so disputable matters don't get in the way. I'd like to lead us now in a time of guided prayer. As you pray, feel free to Look out the window or gaze at the image on the screen or close your eyes. I'll, I'll say a few short prayers and, and give you a moment between them to make them your own. Let's pray. Oh, great God, we confess that we have often let disputable matters divide us as your people. We are sorry, Lord, and we repent of the damage we have done to our sisters and brothers and to your church. Oh Lord, remind us to be humble and not demand our own way. Jesus, make us more like you. Make us willing to treat others as more important than ourselves. Teach us from your word, Lord, and make us wise by your spirit that we may discern what is disputable and what is essential in our faith. Jesus, thank you for praying for us. May our unity let uh, show the world a better way and point to you.
your name we pray, and all God's people said, Amen. appreciate you joining us for worship today. We encourage you to stop by faithwestwood.com backslash service to let us know that you're here. Fill out a connection card, which has a prayer request opportunity on there as well. You can also give to our 2020 vision. And the mission offering this week is for FaithWorks Pantry. Every third Wednesday and fourth Saturday, we serve food to our community. And we want to give a special thank you to our children and students who have participated in filling up the pantry recently. And we'd like to invite you next week to join us for a sermon series that is called Hang On, God's Promises to Get You Through. This study involves one of my most favorite chapters of the Bible, Romans chapter 8. So we encourage you to come back and join us and enjoy your week. Have a good week. Enjoy the sunshine.